on the behalf of the Turner family, I want to say that this day is long overdue. We have spent every day waiting the day this might be brought to justice for the pain that has caused us all. John Turner, my brother, even passed away, waiting for this court to punish the animal who murdered his only daughter. I would just like to say no matter what type of lifestyle these women led, Anthony Sowell had no right to play God by taking their lives. Now he must face judgment in this court and in front of the Almighty God for his actions. It is our hope that he meet his maker sooner rather than later. No way does he deserve to be cared for and housed by the taxpayers of society for the rest of his life in prison. He deserves to pay the ultimate cost for his crime, to be murdered and lay helpless and lifeless like our loved ones did in that disgusting house. Thank you, and may your pacemaker stop in your data night. I'm Dave Jari. I'm Garrett Quarter. And this is Criminal as Fuck. What's good, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Criminal AF. Once again, I am Dave Jari, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Garrett Corner. How we doing? So uh, let's take a second to mention that you could become a criminal by joining our Criminal AF Patreon. Or if you want to show your support with a one-time contribution, you can become a barista on Buy Me A Coffee and buy us one or more coffees to help support the podcast. Links to both of our Patreon and Buy Me A Coffee are found at criminalafpodcast.com backslash support or in the episode description. You can also support the show by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. You can write whatever you want. The show's great. Davey's got a dreamy voice. (laughs) I love the content. Garrett has such a great sense of humor. I don't know. I think you got the you're you're the sense of humor king over here, bud. No, bro, you're quick with it, dude. Davy, Davy is. Davy. Da- I'm just gonna stick on <laughs> everybody. It's all our listeners out there, all right? We're gonna yeah. keep Davy to stick. Davy. Yeah, it's my new. It's Davy, okay? Hey, Davy. Uh, yeah. So write down whatever you feel like is good to help us move up the charts. For those of you joining us for the first time, this is a true crime podcast. There will be talk of murder, rape, torture, assault and pretty much any crime that would haunt you nightmares at any given moment. There will be detailed descriptions of said events, and there will be some vulgar language. Like fuck. Fuck, 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 fuck. Mother, mother, fuck. Mother, mother, fuck, fuck. Mother, fuck, mother, fuck. Smoking, we do it, drugs. Who smokes the bloods? We smoke the bloods. Oh, talking about a throwback right there. Now, we understand that criminal AF is not for everyone, but we just ask that you at least give it a listen, and if it's not for you, hey. Thanks for checking it out. But if it is, welcome, welcome to, to the, the debauchery. Mail call. Mail call. So prior to each episode, we post a Ask Us Anything on Instagram and through our Criminal AF Facebook group. We've been getting a decent amount of questions rolling in, and we have a few to answer today. Now, this one is from Beth Van Hulst, and she asks, in regard to serial killers and military veterans... Uh-oh. What are your thoughts on a connection? This, this is your. This is you brought this up originally. I've, I've still this day. In today's episode, we'll talk about another guy who tried to make it in the army too. Yeah. <laughs> who was like, nah, I'm just, I cannot cut out for this. To be fair, yes. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I'm not. I'm not saying that all you know veterans and all that stuff have that tendency or anything. I'm. I'm I think a lot of those guys grew up in that Vietnam era, so a lot of them went regardless. Yeah. For for that time period, that was that was you know everybody knows that was serial killer, you know central. Right. Through that time period, so I think a lot of them ended up through either the draft or they. It was cool to join the military at that point. Yeah. Um, you don't see many now. I mean, we don't see many serial killers out now anyway. But. Well, I think as far as the, like technology has come, you know, with DNA and yeah. cameras fucking everywhere. I mean, there are serial killers. Which which they're, makes. They're just not prolific like they yes. used to be yeah you, you, you know you, I mean? once you start you can't really rack up 20 plus right. body counts anymore yeah. but i mean in today's episode we'll see that this was fairly recent in yeah. recent time and he made it pretty far i think vietnam had a decent uh impact on for sure how you know serial killers and whatnot but but you also see the the flunk outs you know what i mean yeah but also our boy saw a lot of bullshit that's what i'm saying that's what i'm trying a lot of bullshit that's what i'm leaning to because nobody knew anything about ptsd and all the kind of shit and now vietnam was like probably one of the i'm not saying this didn't occur in other wars but it was probably the first war where it became kind of uh notarized where they were asked to do some fucking sick shit you know 
Yeah, there was war trophies. Eighteen year old. None yeah. of that. There was no laws against any of that right. stuff. Right. Eighteen, like nineteen was. years old, and you're being told to women, children, you just set the whole fucking village on fire, fuck them all, kind of shit. You know what I mean? It almost and that fucks with you. It, it's almost eerily linked to Afghanistan, like at Iraq and Afghanistan, because like the the you know the Marines and and the Rangers that went into Fallujah. Too like they were 18, 19 year old kids that right. you know got stuck in that same aspect where it's like you know you have a village of people yeah. and there might be 20 fighters but they're using these women and children and all these people these right. regular civilians as as basically meat shields, which is horrible situation. I, uh, people talk about Fallujah was a horror like the, the worst oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the worst close combat fighting since Vietnam. So I think you know yeah you know and I may have brought this up in a previous episode but uh you know you're you're driving down a, a road or in, in, in a city or, or whatever and you know there's a woman and a child standing in the middle of the road that act alone like you don't stop yeah because if you stop it could be an ambush you could jeopardize yep. the rest of your the rest of your group you know yeah so, of course and i mean i'm i'm you totally i'm totally on board with hey man those are my boys and i'm giving them say i'm doing whatever i gotta do yeah. make sure all of us get out of this fucking hell alive but, uh, you know, to go back to the question, you know, how, how does this correlate between military vet and serial killer? Like, I can definitely see how, you know, it's kind of like when you when you talk about a child in a family of five other kids and that one child has something turned in his brain, which makes him into a serial killer. I think the same thing can be said with, you know, somebody who sees active combat, you know, because you have a lot of people that come back from the war that, yeah, they've seen some shit. They're, you know, have PTSD and everything, but they don't go out and fucking on a murder spree. No, you know? not at all. So I think it takes a, the type of individual who who sees that kind of combat and it just fucking triggers something in his head, like fuck yeah. So thank you, Beth, for that question. Uh, next, we have a question from Lucy Vicky thirteen. If you could personally execute any serial killer by any means, Ooh. who would it be? That's a good question. And how? Wait, she wants to know how we would do it. Yeah. Mm. By any means, and who? Be that little, it's gonna be that bastard right there. Let's look at the list here. <laughs> it's gonna be that bastard. Who, Dahmer? No. Who, BTK? Yeah? Fucking Raider. Okay. Fuck, I just, I don't know. I don't like him. I don't like his swagger. I don't like the way he acts. Yeah. So, how would you do it? I'd probably tie him up by the neck. <laughs> <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? And then jerk off on him? And then put a plastic bag over his head, and <laughs> then I'm just gonna sit there and aggressively masturbate while I look him right in the eyes. Yeah. Yep. Just give it right back to him while he slowly fades out of consciousness. That, that's how that's how I am. I think that the way somebody kills somebody is the way they should die. So they feel that the fear, the pain, as their victims did. You know sure. I mean? And try to get, like, multiple points across, you know what I mean? Keep them alive for just long enough. You're right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, so, it's, my, my answer is going to be Raider. I, I, I don't like him. I don't like the way he talks. Yeah. I, you know, you hear the, the confessions and all that other stuff. And, yeah. and he just, I don't know. Any you could you could target any any serial killer that killed children too. So mine would be Bundy. Oh, you don't like the pretty boy? Ted Bundy. Come on. I think he is an or, or was an arrogant, murderous piece of shit. I, yeah. And he had a connecting eyebrow. He had a unibrow. Yeah. Hey, fellow uni, uni gang. All right. Yeah. Fellow, yeah. Well, fellow no, his gang. his was pretty. Well, prominent. no, I gotta take care of mine. You know what I mean? I look I'd look like Bundy <laughs> if I just let it grow out. Yeah. yeah. Like I I can understand how people find you know have the fascination with like you know oh he was like. Dubbed the lady killer and like all this other kind of stuff, and there's something yeah, he was fascinating. Smooth and he was suave. Smooth and suave. And, and, he, uh, like, and truthfully, I mean, I mean, I might get a, little, a lot of hate. I don't think he's that good looking. He's not. I don't like. I don't get the hype around. Even Bundy. even for like the 70s. Yeah. He, there were some great looking dudes in the 70s. Bundy wasn't up there. No. Nah. You had Charles Bronson, buddy, rocking around with an elephant gun, yeah. pumping holes in people <laughs> with that crazy mustache. You had you know uh, I mean? Clint Eastwood. Yeah. John Travolta, maybe? Saturday Night F Oh, God damn. Because <laughs> I can tell by the way I hit <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fuck Bundy, too. It would definitely Whatever. be Bundy. He's Whatever. a piece of shit. And I would, I would, uh, I would make him suffer. If, I, if, if, if it was just me and him in a room and I could do whatever I wanted, like, first, I, I would uh, have him tied face down on his stomach, mm. arms and legs tied. Okay. And I would take a curling iron. Right? <laughs> and I would shove it right up his ass and then plug it in and just let it slowly heat up as it burns his insides. <laughs> Garrett's face right now, you should see his face. <laughs> it was, it's because the look you look happy when you tell it. <laughs> You actually got joy right there. Yeah. No, I would definitely fuck him up the way he he treated his victims. Uh, let's 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 spin this question. Okay. You have to save one. Save one. Yes. Save one serial you have, killer. Yep, you have to save one. He gets away scot free. You have to. Oh wait, he gets away. 
Oh, fuck. Yep. You have to pick one. I thought I knew yours, but maybe you're thinking a little too hard. Well, mine is... Well, Kemper. Is, yeah. yeah, I was going to say you would probably... I got to go with Kemper. Yeah. You... That's my boy. You know, because, like, not only... Uh, like, he's a sick fuck. Anybody that can, like, cut somebody's head off to have yeah. sex with it, you know what I mean? That's, yeah. Especially his own mother. You know, you, you got some serious, like, fucking issues. However, once he killed his mother, like, he was done. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm done with this, so I'm, you know? And I think at that point... Yeah, go ahead. I mean, it kind of sucks because, you know, of, of the other people he murdered, but... Yeah. But like I said, you know, at that point, he was done with it, and he, he turned himself in, and I, I'd give him, a, I'd give him a, a pass. My, I got two choices. Okay. And she's up there, too. Eileen? Eileen. I was going to say Eileen. Eileen, because it, it's just, you know what I mean, bad circumstance. She's a tr- troubled trauma. Like, you feel almost yeah. feel bad for her in, the, like, in like the, the beginning of her story right. to where she ended. But my first... I, it's my boy, then. Jeff? Mr. Jeffrey. Yeah. I just, I don't know. There's something about him. Take I just picture. want to take some pictures. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, you know what I mean? It's just one of those things. It's a, you, you, I think everybody, you know, even our listeners and stuff, like, they have a, there's definitely a fan of one. You know, yeah. there's a fan aspect of it. And right. that's, it's not as, as horrible as that sounds. It, it, there's some, there's a story that really gets to you right. and attracts you. Yeah. And, and, and like, Jeffrey like is, don't get this twisted. Obviously, they all deserve to be in jail. Yeah. This is just a hypothetical, sure. whatever. But the thing with Eileen, I want to touch back on that, is that with her, I don't think she was a serial killer. Uh, I think that she was, you know, obviously she was prostitute she would rob people i mean yeah granted but i think there's something that in her mind from her past that if she if she was with a john or a guy whatever and they did something that triggered whatever it was yeah she just spat she just fucking snapped yeah but i I don't think she was intentionally going out like oh how many she's not stalking how many bodies can i fucking you know count here you know she's definitely not she's not stalking Right. Like, it's not like that stalking prey right. type of aspect. I'm not saying she's innocent. I'm, yeah, you know, of she's course. obviously guilty of everything she has done, but I don't think that yeah. she deserves the title of serial killer. Yeah. She, I think I think she'd it was, be the safe one to say. There were there were crimes of opportunity and there were crimes of where, you know, she just something inside of her just snapped in that moment. All right. So thank you, Lucy, for that question. And finally we have Don Blake and he wants to know, have you ever received hate mail? Or threats from any family or followers of the killers you profile? That's a really good question. That's a very good. Now, we haven't received anything yet, but I'm sure now we will. But we did receive a comment on our Apple podcast, and it said, Y'all run your mouth and laugh way too much. Hopefully y'all get together soon. That's the only hate mail that we've received. Yeah. Oh, it's coming. You just wait. <laughs> yeah. You just wait. Just, you just wait. We're we're gonna get there. Yeah. Thankfully, so far, other than you know uh, this one from Apple Podcast, uh, we've actually got very good reviews and and you know words of you know encouragement of the job we're doing and everything. But there is one back when I was doing the serial holic. Yep. Um, I remember you told me this story. Yeah, the second one was, uh, the second episode I did was the Michael Ross, the Roadside Strangler. And after that episode came out, I think that is what kind of solidified, you know, me continuing to do the podcast. Because after that episode, I received emails, messages from so many people thanking me for, uh, you know, bringing their loved one's name back to the forefront. And that's what we try to do. And I, th- I think that's kind of like what distinguishes us for a little bit is that, yes, our podcast is about serial killers and murderers and everything else, but we we we, we try to bring the victims' uh, life you know back into you know importance. Like we we touch a little bit on who they were, you know. And granted, there's not a lot of information on some of these on some of these people, but you know whatever we can find, you know we'll we'll bring to the forefront for sure. But yeah, as far as uh, hate or threats, uh, not yet. Well, I won't say no, <laughs> but not yet, because I'm sure there'll be something. So thanks, Don Blake, and thank you, Lucy and Beth, for sending us in your questions. So once again, you know, prior to each episode, we'll ask a ask us anything on Instagram and through our Criminal AF Facebook group, and we'll go through and we'll select some to air on our next episode. So keep keep a watch for that. Criminal AF will be back after this quick break. What we got, Garrett? Well, we're gonna switch it up today. We uh, we you know we do a lot of shitting on Florida, like mm-hmm. you know, which to be fair, it, sometimes it deserves. But we're gonna, <laughs> <laughs> but we're actually gonna highlight. This isn't gonna be a dumb, messed out, you know, Floridian that uh, commits a stupid crime this time. Mm-hmm. 
Florida officials announce arrests in a brilliant... Brilliant. Uh, you don't hear that much in Florida. No. Okay. <laughs> Multi-million dollar Walmart crime spree. Oh, okay. Fulton County, Florida. County Sheriff Grady Judd announced the takedown of a multi-state... Oh, Grady. Grady. Grady, Grady Judd. Announced the takedown of a multi-state and multi-million dollar Walmart theft operation Friday. The retail theft operation involved making fraudulent returns on Walmart televisions in exchange for cash. The organized crime spree resulted in 3.6 million of losses to the retail giant. What? 3.6 million? Fucking genius. Between just August 2019 and March 2020, investigators with the Polk County Organized Retail Crime Unit discovered over $300,000 in losses countrywide, including 174,000 in Florida and 3,500 in Polk County. These aren't petty shoplifters. They are, these are criminals, should say. So far, two uh, suspects have been arrested. One has died of natural causes, and the two are still at large. Quote, unquote, natural causes. In Florida, judge said the suspects hit Walmart stores in 39 different counties, including Harday, Harando, Hillsboro, Manatee, Pasco, PNS, or Penis, Penis, Polk, and Sarasota. Judd said that he couldn't go into too much detail about the scheme that suspects devised because he doesn't want to train future criminals. <sighs> that means it was really good. Yeah. So this is like a whole yeah, it's like a criminal network. operation. Yeah. Yeah. He did reveal, however, that suspects would purchase large, expensive televisions from Walmart for cash, replace the TV in the box with a salvage TV, return them to the store for cash, and resell the new stolen television. Judd said that they caught after they were caught after an uh, investigation revealed the serial numbers of the TV's menu guides didn't match the serial numbers marked on the outside of the TV boxes. What's crazy, though, is that they got away with that for that long. Right. Without, I mean, now granted, I have returned some stuff from Walmart before, and all they, they just look, they look at it, the inside of the box, and then, okay, thank yeah. you, and then throw it in a pile behind them. So I, I can see why it would take a while for them to catch on. But for this organization to get away with $3.6 million that is ridiculous. In, lo- in losses, now granted, that number's probably a lot less, yeah. because Walmart's going to... Inflate. They're going to inflate, and they're saying, this is how much these TVs cost, or right. whatever like that. Yeah. But... But still, the fact that these, you know, a cu- couple Floridians yeah. moved on. They moved on from shitting in a Joe's Crab Shack <laughs> <laughs> and smoking meth at an RV at a daycare. <laughs> They're getting pretty smart out there down in Florida. <laughs> They're like, all right, get that kid over there fucking the Olaf. I, 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 Let's train them up. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about the Olaf guy. Um... I, I, there's got to be more to this. Like he said, they didn't want to release the full details. Right. They just kind of gave... Because there, there's no way you can come up with that yeah. much money. It's yeah. got to be... There's some pretty shady shit that goes on with fucking Walmart. You know, like, I've heard of a story where uh, somebody went in and they bought, an, you know, AC unit. And, you know, they paid... They actually paid for it. Wheeled out. Like an hour or so later, they walked back into Walmart, picked up the air conditioner, put it in a carriage, walked out, pulling up their receipt, and they did that like six or seven times. Yeah. Self-checkout. Yeah. Self-checkout. Self-checkout. You just walk out. Here's my receipt. That, that's a good one. That's yeah. Let's you know, switch we, we it up. We don't, we don't hear you know about the smart, <laughs> the smart floor. <laughs> I'm trying to change it. I you know, <laughs> trying to switch it up here. Oh man. Hey, want to take a trip back in time? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. We're gonna go back to 2009 to Cleveland, oh. Ohio. Junior year of high school, baby. Junior year of high school. I skipped the entire year. <laughs> Cleveland is the home of the Browns, the Guardians, the Cavaliers, and uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. All right, so we'll just hop into the studio chloroform time machine and punch in our coordinates. And away we go. The worst financial crisis since the Great Depression 70 years earlier struck the U.S. and many countries around the globe, leading to mass unemployment, skyrocketing inflation, and an uptick in families losing their homes. I remember those days. My, my, my parents struggled. Gas was like over five bucks a gallon. It's, it's funny because at, right. at that time, I was so, you know what I mean? Everybody, everybody Out of the loop. Yeah, like, you're junior in high school, you think you have life figured out, you think you're yeah. this fucking, you're the man, like, yeah. you don't pay attention to that stuff. Meanwhile, your parents are, like, yeah, fucking struggling. Stressing. Yeah, stressing out. Pop icon Michael Jackson died on June 25th of 2009. Hee-hee. <laughs> I can't do it. Do you remember the funeral? <sighs> I, I, I don't. Dude, that, it was like it was like Queen Elizabeth died. You don't remember? It was like there was people lining the street. I'm like, that's a lot for a fucking 
kitty diddler, dude. Right. That's a lot. Wait, wait, real quick. Yeah. Can you separate the art from the artist? Because Michael Jackson was good. Like, he has a lot of bangers. Uh, to this day, I always say this, he transcends generations. Okay. Like, my kids' kids will know who Michael Jackson is. Michael Jackson's songs. Can, uh, can I separate the art from the artist? Can you separate art from the artist? Okay, let me, let me flip this question back to you. Can you do that with R. Kelly? You remind me of my Jeep. You know what's crazy? Can you? You know what's crazy? Can I tell you something? Go. My eighth grade graduation. Yeah, okay. They made us stand up, right? Sing. All the little kids, right? Up on the fucking bleachers, right? I believe right? I can fly. No. I believe oh, I can fly. No. <laughs> and when you look back at that, you're like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, this dude's pissing on fucking fourteen-year-olds. Oh. I know we were probably like fourteen at that time yeah. too. <laughs> so uh, I I will not take away his musical genius. However, he's still a sick fuck. Oh yeah, sure, for sure. But god damn, his songs are good. Also on that date, June twenty-fifth, two thousand nine, the woman with the most posters hanging on teenage boys' walls, the beautiful Farrah Fawcett, she passed away. Also, R.I.P. On the same day. I think that that photo is iconic. Oh yeah, iconic. absolutely. Everybody I, I, had that. You know, it's like it's like Marilyn Monroe, the skirt going up, probably in that that yeah, time period. Yeah. Then you have Farrah Fawcett with the fucking blowout. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like every time you see a uh, picture from that oh, time yeah. period, I had I had her poster. Her posters up on uh, that wall. I hundred percent had her poster, and I would pull off my pillow, <laughs> staring at it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we should do from now on. Whenever we talk about something sick, you know, like sick, yeah. sexual, yeah. we'll call it all off. Yeah, we're going to Olaf. We're going to fucking Olaf that pillow right there. <laughs> all, all right. right keep going, keep Two events that led to Tom Hanks movies occurred this year. The attempted hijacking of the cargo ship Maersk, Alabama, where Captain Richard Phillips was held hostage until he was rescued by U.S. Navy SEALs, mm-hmm. and the emergency crash landing of U.S. Airways Flight 1549 in the Hudson River, piloted by Captain Chelsea B. Sullenberger, known affectionately as Sully. Uh, the deadliest bushfires in the history of Australia occurred in the state of Victoria, leading to 173 deaths and more than 2,000 homes destroyed. The cost of a new home in 2009 in the United States was 232800 with an average annual income of 39400 Garrett, Garrett likes to figure out the math of, oh, like, yeah. inflation. I'm, and, trying, I'm trying to think yeah. about it right now. Look out. Everybody's getting screwed What's over. What's wild is that doesn't seem so far. Like, that was right after the fall, though. That was right after 08. the fall, yeah. No, wait. So homes, it, were, homes were cheap. cheap. That was, if you had money, man, that was time to buy. Yeah. So if you had the same exact house in 2007 and the same exact house in 2009, there'd probably be, like, a $300,000 price difference. Yeah. 2007, they were selling houses for, like, Dude, 800 if, grand. If I was the age that I am now and how close I pay attention to my home value my 401k I would be shitting bricks in yeah. 2009 I know it too yeah I just watched my uh my entire you know everything I've put into my life just drain right. oh that's I, I couldn't imagine yeah I remember uh doing real estate during that time which was probably the worst time to do real estate and uh I didn't know you were a real estate agent I, I dabbled a little <laughs> bit I dabbled uh, Dave Jari real estate agent Dun, dun, dun. Can I fix you? Can I offer you some finger sandwiches? <laughs> Welcome to the open house. Welcome to the bro. No shot. You were a fucking real estate agent. Hundred percent. No, show me a. I need to see you in a shitty suit with oh, ne- yeah. next to like some stupid white picket fence with a fucking fake smile on, like you're gonna take care of these people. You know what? I will. I will I show you. I need to see I your. Dig them out. Because I feel like if you're a real estate agent, you gotta take professional photos, right? Oh, you I, need to. Dude, my first, my professional photo, my photo shot. Dude, it's like a fucking glamour shot, bro. I look fucking on point. What's worse? Fucking airbrushed everything. What's worse? What? Real estate agents or used car salesmen? Because to me, they're the same fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. We're going to take care of you guys. All right, we're going to take care of you. I was in real estate around this time, and there was this uh, woman. She was wanting to sell her house. This is like right after the crash. And she's like, I want to sell it for $750,000. And I'm like, uh, you're not going to get $750,000. You'll probably get like four fifty. Nope, nope. Nope, I bought this house 10 years ago. I paid X amount for it. I want to sell it for 750 I'm like, you're not going to get 750 <laughs> No one's buying houses right now. Right. And she's like, well, you know, I'm not going to sign with you then. I'm like, okay. And I was getting ready to walk, so I, I was outside. You know, I called my uh, broker at the time. And he's like, agree, just, just sign it. Just, sign, just get her as a client. That's all I care about. Yeah. Once you get a client. Yeah, yeah. Over so time. I went back in. I'm like, all right, we'll list your house for $750,000. And, you know, signed her as a client, whatever. Like, she was very demanding. She wanted an open house every weekend. 
I've had this I had this contract for six months, right? Open house every single weekend. Not a person showed up for seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, right? Hell no. Nobody showed up. And you know, I'd have conversations with her. I'm like, listen, you know, we need to drop where was this located? I'm trying to paint this picture. Is uh, Colchester? Oh, okay. Yeah. It's it was a of, decent sized house then. Yeah. 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 You know, I had about ten acres of land, whatever. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I'm there. I'm visualizing. Yeah. And, she, and I just see you in that stupid fucking suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was more of a polo guy. So. Oh, 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 laid back real estate yeah, yeah, agent. Yeah. We're the cool one. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so I had this contract for six, six months. Nobody ever showed up. Price never went down. I would tell her all the time, we got to lower, we got to lower. Nope, 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 nope. Anyways, contract expires. She motherfucks me left and right. I'm the worst fucking real estate agent ever, blah, blah, blah. About three months later, I see the house back on the market with another agent. Guess how much it's listed for? Four hundred fifty. Four hundred fifty fucking thousand dollars. <laughs> the fuck. All right. Anyway, sorry for that ramble. Uh, Cleveland, Ohio, in two thousand. <laughs> we're still on the fucking time machine. Know, still... <laughs> Yo, Dave, shut <laughs> up and just tell the story. <laughs> we're out of gas here in a minute. We won't be able to get back to two thousand twenty-three. Uh, Cle- <laughs> Cleveland, Ohio, in two thousand nine, there were five thousand nine hundred ninety cases of violent crime including 3,555 robberies, 1,976 assaults, 373 rapes, and 86 murders, 11 of which that were discovered are the ones we will talk about in this episode. Damn, Anthony Sowell put put a little dent in that. Yeah, he did. That yearly murder yeah. ticker. So, for many people in the Mount Pleasant neighborhood of Cleveland, Ohio, the thought of the horrific odor enveloping their homes could only be coming from the local butcher shop. The source of the smell, however would only be found in their darkest nightmares. Let's get into it with chapter one. On a corner of Imperial Avenue and East 123rd Street in the Mount Pleasant neighborhood of Cleveland, Ohio, you will find Ray Sausage Company, a butcher shop specializing in pork, beef sausage, head cheese, and souse. Established in 1952 by the late Raymond Cash Sr., Ray's Sausage serves the greater Cleveland area, as well as several supermarkets throughout Northeast Ohio. From 2007 to 2009, Ray's Sausage became well known to the residents in their neighborhood for another reason. The smell. There was a permeating, putrid smell enveloping the area around Ray's that caused many residents to contact the health department. There were claims that the smell was reminiscent of rotting flesh, and it got so bad at times, people wouldn't leave their homes. During those years, even some employees at Ray's couldn't bear going into work. After receiving several citations from the city, the current owners, Ray's children, Renee and Ray Jr., spent tens of thousands of dollars replacing plumbing fixtures, sewer lines, and grease traps. After all of the money spent for these upgrades, the smell was still persistent, and Renee and Ray Jr. were left scratching their heads. Then, in October of 2009, the source of the smell was discovered. It wasn't coming from Ray's Sausage, it was coming from next door, a home located at 12205 Imperial Avenue. And the source wasn't a broken sewer line, it was the decomposing remains of 11 women. Born into an impoverished family in East Cleveland, Ohio on August 19, 1959, Anthony Sowell was one of seven children. His mother, Claudia Gertrude Garrison, was a single mother who raised her children with severe punishment. After the death of his sister, her seven children also moved into the house. According to Sowell's niece, Garrison would strip her naked and whip her with an electric cord until she bled, while all of the other children in the house watched. There were whispers that many of the children were victims of sexual abuse, which may explain why at the age of 11, Sowell would go on to rape this niece for a period of two years. By 1978, 18-year-old Anthony Sowell was determined to enter the army, but instead enlisted with the Marines because he thought they would make a man out of him, and he needed an escape from his abusive and sexually confusing environment, although some would say he left because he had gotten a girl pregnant. Sowell would go on to train as an electrician and received a good conduct medal along with a service star. 
He would get married while in the service, but the marriage would be short-lived, as Sol began drinking excessively and arguments would become more frequent. As his drinking began to spiral out of control, Sol left the Marines and returned to the home where much of his early torment had taken place. How about the bad rap that Ray Sausage Company received? I know that those poor Bro. business owners, man. Spending tens of thousands of dollars for no fucking reason. You think you could get that money back? Well, I... You can come back in the state and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. No. No, nope, they never got... They never got... Because they, like, back. you know what I mean? The health, the health department was the one who made them do all this, and... It's considered a normal upgrade wow. cost, I guess. Poor uh, Ray Sausage. Yeah, so this all occurred in 2007 to 2009 time frame, and to this day... Ray Sausage is still feeling the financial impact from spending all that money, needlessly. I do want to talk about a tourist destination. You want to go? I'd I'd fucking love to go. We should. We should take it right out. Yeah. Yeah. We can go to the Ark and then go up there. I'd do it. All right. Because right next door is a. I mean, they're supposed to turn it into a park where Soul's house was, but you know they tore it down. Oh, it's torn down. Oh, yeah. I wanted to see the house. No, it, now it's just like a field. They're supposed to turn it into a park, but I don't think anybody's ever really done anything with it. But I do want to go to Ray Sausage though. Now, for that, you know, I, I looked up a little bit on Ray's, and for those that don't know, Ray's started off 71 years ago as a veteran-owned and African-American-owned company. Uh, Ray's has been passed down three generations and is now a woman-owned and African-American-owned company. Wow. So if you are listening in Ohio or the surrounding states, you know, please support this local business and help them reach their goals of being federal USDA certified so they can take their business to the next level and sell their amazing products outside of the state of Ohio nice. and across the U.S. Because right now they're, they're USDA certified only for Ohio. Mm. Uh, their products currently sell in local markets and grocery stores throughout northern Ohio. Or you can visit the actual storefront of Ray's Sausage located at 3146 East 123rd Street in Cleveland, Ohio. They have, I mean, as, mu as bad as that was, you, you got a little bit of good press from that. You know what I mean? I would say you guys, yeah. Yeah, you there's guys, probably yeah. some people that go there just to check out. Not hey, at the time. Yeah. Late, later, <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah. I'm talking about all Not the Not at the time. They're like, well, there's... They're like, people like me and you who are like, let's go take a ride to raise sausage. You yeah. know what I mean? They're, 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 they're probably doing all right. Uh, a little bit about Soul. In school, he had a shy demeanor and would be ridiculed by his classmates because he didn't have a girlfriend and was mocked for his alleged lack of sexual experience. Now, unknown to them, Sol moved on from raping his niece to raping several of his own cousins. Um, and although these rapes were reported to police, Sol was never questioned or charged. Uh, Sol, he enlisted in the Marines, and he ended up having a pretty distinguished six-year career. He was he was promoted to private first class right out of basic, which I, I guess is unheard of. Like, not many people first class. You know it depends I mean? if you have a degree or not. Yeah. Nowadays, you need to have, a, uh, like, an associate's or bachelor's to get private first class outside mm. of, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, he, he ended up becoming a sergeant, but was demoted to corporal prior to uh, his discharge for a drunken incident with military police. You think that if he would have gotten his drinking under control, that this entire story would turn out diff differently? You know what I mean? He does a full career in the military. You think his this this story would turn out differently? Mm. No. I, I don't I don't think so either, because I feel like that, that rage was always in him. And he, even if he yeah. did a 25-year and out type of deal, he'd get home and then just be like, right, now he's now it's time. Well, if he's already raping his cousins, you know, in his, his pre-teen and teen years, I mean, that that's only going to escalate, regardless of if, of the drinking, regardless of the military, regardless of, of anything. You know, he, he's like one of the ones that his mind was flipped very early on, yeah. you know? Yeah, because there was 100% sexual abuse there. Yeah. Now we'll go into how Anthony Soule begins escalating his drinking and his violence here in Chapter 2. When Soule returned to Cleveland in 1985, his neighborhood had transformed from working class to low income. Shops he used to frequent were now closed and houses were boarded up. Crack cocaine was rampant in the streets, as well as prostitution. The economic and criminal aspects during that time didn't help Soul from falling deeper into his drinking. During the late 1980s, he had his share of run-ins with the law as he was arrested for public intoxication and domestic violence. In 2007, Soul lost his job at the rubber manufacturing plant and he turned to collecting scrap metal to make ends meet. Soul met another woman. Lori Frazier, 
the niece of Cleveland Mayor Frank Jackson, and she moved in for a short time. She recalled smelling a foul odor while living there, but as with the other people in the neighborhood, she attributed the smell to Ray Sauce's company. Crystal Dozier, a 35-year-old mother of seven when she was last seen in May of 2007, was living just a few miles away from Seoul in East Cleveland, but she was no stranger to this area. She lived on Imperial Avenue just three years earlier and was familiar with Seoul. On the night of her disappearance, Sowell would lure her into his home with a ruse he would use several more times. He invited Crystal in for a beer. Once inside, something would trigger Sowell into a sexual and murderous rage. Next was 31-year-old Tashana Culver, who in June of 2008 vanished. The mother of four was last seen by her family, but was never reported missing. Tashana, like many of the others in the area, had a problem with drugs. Her family would lose contact with her for weeks at a time, and they thought that this time was no different. Even though LaShonda Long struggled with her addiction and life on the streets, she would still read her young daughter bedtime stories and tuck her into bed, and suddenly, that nightly ritual would be no more. In August of 2008, LaShonda would accept an invite into Soul's house and never be heard from again. October brought the disappearance of 45-year-old Michelle Mason. Michelle would never go more than a couple of days without having some sort of contact with her family. On October 12, 2008, Michelle's family would report her missing. According to records, police completed a full investigation into her disappearance, but her family felt that she was thrown to the wayside because of her addiction and criminal history. It was determined that Michelle had simply ran away, even though her social security checks would go uncashed. On November 10, 2008, 53-year-old Tanya Carmichael had asked her mother, Barbara, to borrow $20 so she can fix the door on her truck. Barbara understood that giving her daughter the $20 would most likely lead to Tanya buying drugs, but she couldn't refuse her daughter. Tanya would go missing that night, and a panicked search ensued. On the third day of the search, Barbara located Tanya's truck, just four blocks away from 12205 Imperial Avenue with the door fixed. Criminal AF will be back after this quick break. What's good, everybody? Nothing says I am one of the debauched like Criminal AF apparel and merchandise. Choose from multiple designs that fit your style and your attitude. For women, for men, around the home, or at the office. You can look great repping Criminal AF wherever you go and help support the podcast as well by visiting criminalafpodcast.com backslash shop or click on the link in the episode description. Go get you some merch. Yes, sir. Now, in 1989, Soul lured Melvet Sockwell, who was three months pregnant at the time, into his apartment under the ruse that her boyfriend was inside waiting for her. While inside, he bound, choked, beat, and raped the woman several times. He would later be charged with kidnapping and rape, but failed to show up for his court hearing as he went on the land for seven months. After the rape, police were finally able to bring him to justice, and he was sentenced to five to 15 years for his crimes. Now, while in prison, he was a model inmate and took part in a 12-step program. They all are. He's on his, on his way to recovery. Uh, when he was released in 2005, Sowell moved into his stepmother's house at 12205 Imperial Avenue, where he registered as a sex offender and completed his probationary requirements. The saddest part about this chapter is is all those all the women that he like preyed on mm-hmm. all had like multiple kids, had problems, low income, drugs. Like they yeah. all had, they were all like easily coerced into yeah. becoming victims. That's the saddest part about it. Right. They and a lot of them were on the on the well trying to be on, on the men. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, were, that's what I mean. They had they were, there was so much hope there. Right. And it it was just cut short by this asshole. Yeah. Now, in December of 2008, 40-year-old Gladys Wade was approached by Sol, asking if she wanted to go have a beer. Now, she refused, and Sol began repeatedly punching Wade in the face, head, and body. She fought him off ferociously, gouging out his eyes and face. Uh, She broke free and ran until she came across a patrol car. Now, she's frantic, and she's bleeding, and she went up to the police, and and she said that she was attacked by a man only known as Tone. 
and he was trying he was attempting to drag her back into the house located near the corner of East 123rd and, and Imperial. When police went to investigate, Anthony Soule told them that the woman was a drug addict and she attempted to rob him, so he defended himself. Now, police didn't notice anything unusual and they didn't enter the house. The incident was dismissed once Wade refused to press uh, charges. Now, this would be a, a known tragic mistake. But a known sex offender. A known sex offender. You're not going to even look into this. Like, right. Come, yeah. Come on. Now, police were already... That's, that's terrifying, too, getting dragged back into the house. Sounds like something yeah. out of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. Like, I just see Leatherface dragging the blonde-haired chick into the... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's fucking terrifying. Exactly. Now, you know, as we said, he was he was a tier three sex offender. Yeah. And this automatically... The 80s were a wild time for police. Immediately should have raised... A wild a time questions. for police, man. Yeah. And he should have at least been taken in for questioning. At, at a minimum. Now, granted, in that area, there was a lot of crack, a lot of, you know, right. was, there was a lot of crime in that area at that time, so mm. police were pretty heavy. Like, they were busy, but there's no excuse for no. not looking into that person. Not doing uh, simple, basic police work. Yes. Yeah, you know? 100%. Not, run, not running names. You right. know what I mean? How hard is that? Right. At a, at a bare minimum, run a name, detain them for questioning, do something, not just be like, oh, what happened here? Oh, okay. All right. Have a good day, sir. But, you know, like you said, it was a neighborhood. It was, you know, it's a... Uh, impoverished neighborhood, drugs were rampant. Just some crackheads fighting. That's yeah. how I, you know. I can see him sitting in the, the the squad car, like, oh fuck, man, I don't want to deal with this. Like the Dahmer. Yeah, exactly. Let's just bring him back to the killer, huh? Yeah. Anyway, so we'll go into how everything came to a head and what happened to Soul here in chapter three. In 2009, the disappearance of women in the Mount Pleasant neighborhood would escalate. In April, two women would go missing, 43-year-old Nancy Cobbs and 47-year-old Imelda Hunter. Nancy, a mother of four who lived with her daughter just a few blocks away from Seoul, would vanish shortly after her birthday. She was known to disappear from time to time, so it doesn't come as a shock that her family wouldn't report her missing until June of that year. Melda, the mother of two sons and a daughter, was a woman of many hobbies, including reading and crossword puzzles. Unfortunately, her time was also filled with drugs. Amelda was familiar with the area and was known to drink beer with Sol on occasion. As with the others, she was in and out of her family's lives for extended periods of time, so when she went missing, it came as no surprise. It remained quiet for some time when another two women vanished from plain sight in June of 2009. Talasha Fortson, 31, and Janice Webb, 49, both of whom were not reported missing until after the bodies were discovered on Imperial Avenue. Talasha had three children, but lost custody due to her drug use. This didn't mean that she was out of their lives. Quite the contrary, Talasha was still involved with their upbringing. She would often attend church in the hopes of turning her life around. In fact, she attended church for six Sundays in a row, just a block from Saul's house. When she didn't show up to braid her daughter's hair, her family grew concerned. Unfortunately, because of her addiction, this was at times a common practice. For Janice Webb, being a mother and a grandmother made her beam with pride, but it was a struggle to keep her away from her demons. She was reported missing in August, and police searched relentlessly for her, checking friends and relatives, hospitals, and local shelters. It didn't take long for her trail to grow cold. 44-year-old Kim Smith and her father made a pact. They would take care of each other. Her father, limited to a wheelchair due to a spinal injury, would help Kim try to stay clean, and Kim would help handle all of his daily tasks, cook, clean, and bring him to his doctor's appointments. He would recall that she would sing to him, and she was quite good, having sang in local musical acts. Her downfall was crack cocaine, and she knew the right place to get her fix, 12205 Imperial Avenue. She would not live to hold up her end of the pact. In July of 2009, she was gone. For the 21 months prior to 38-year-old Diane Turner's disappearance in September of 2009, she was clean and sober, 
Having battled addiction for several years, one by one she had her five children pulled from her home. Vowing to be a better mother, she sought help and was poised for a comeback. She met her new boyfriend and was pregnant with their child, but this feel-good story would come crashing down. Four days after the birth of her child, family services came and removed the baby from her custody. All of the hard work that she put into turning her life around, she now felt that none of it mattered and fell back into drugs and alcohol. She was the last of Soul's murder victims because finally, Cleveland police followed through with a new complaint. On October 28, 2009, police received a complaint from Latundra Billups saying that she was uh, sexually assaulted by Anthony Soule. In her statement, she said she was invited in by Soule to have a beer. Now, once inside, Soule began punching the woman in the face and head and then ripped her clothes off, performed oral sex, then raped her. She was able to escape because she promised Soule she would return the next day for more sex. Smart. Yeah. Very smart. Yeah. Now, police put two and two together, and this woman's claim was similar to Gladys Wade's statement uh, from 2008. Must have been a different police officer. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, the rape victim from the 1980s. They all fucking matched up their stories. So, police obtained an arrest warrant for Anthony Soule. On October 29th, an officer for the Cleveland police went to the home to serve the warrant. Now, Soule wasn't home, but the officer entered the property for the first time, and this is when they discovered fucking everything. Yep. Could you imagine that smell, too? And he was living in it, too. He was living in it. The whole neighborhood was living in it. Yeah. Poor poor Ray Sausage. I know. The guy's guy's looking at that empty, clean grease trap like, what the fuck is going on? like, what else can we fucking do? What the fuck is going on here? Yeah. So after a brief search of the house, the bodies of Diane Turner and Talisha Fortson were discovered on the third floor. Uh, Soul was now wanted for murder. Uh, Police obtained a search warrant for the entire property and returned the following day, this time along with the county coroner's office and a cadaver dog. Now, these cadaver dogs, man, they could fucking... Ten feet under? Yeah. They can smell everything. Just for all you uh, people who want to know, you got to excavator ten feet deeper than... Everybody says six feet, you got to go past ten feet. Cadaver dogs can smell up up to that far. That's a good good tip to throw out there. Excavator, (laughs) you can hide anything. (laughs) (laughs) Then they found uh, Janice Webb, Nancy Cobb, and Tashana Culver in the basement. The cadaver dog also alerted them to a body in the backyard, which was later confirmed as Tanya Carmichael. On October 31st, uh, Anthony Soule was seen walking in the area and was picked up by police. On November 3rd, another search warrant was issued. This time, a backhoe would be brought to the property. Police then discovered the remains of Michelle Mason, Kim Smith, Imelda Hunter, and Crystal Dozier in the backyard. The, uh, the head of LaShonda Long was found shortly after in the basement. It's crazy that he got away with so many murders and his body count was so high, but at, at the same time, he picked the perfect victims. Yeah. They all would disappear for weeks without contacting family members yeah. and all mm-hmm. this stuff. A lot of them had trouble past, so nobody went out looking for him. Mm-hmm. No one gave him the time of the day. Yeah. So it was it was like almost like a, a perfect storm for him to right. be able to amount that many victims. Yeah. Yeah, and like some of the families, even you know, they said like it was common for... Yeah. Some of these women to be gone days, weeks at a time. So you know, nothing ever, ever really. Uh, no red flags were raised immediately. And that the the sad truth would be that the police, when they hear this, that a crackhead had ran away. They're yeah. not. They're not out here looking. They'll turn up found or they'll turn up dead. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now the autopsy results showed that Tashana Culver had suffered a fractured hyoid bone in her neck, suggesting manual uh, strangulation. Uh, seven of the victims, Tanya Carmichael, Nancy Cobbs, Crystal Dozier, Talatia Fortson, Amelda Hunter, Michelle Mason, and Janice Webb had ligatures around their necks. And the coroners concluded that their deaths had been caused by ligature strangulation. The coroners further concluded that LaShonda Long, Kim Smith, and Diane Turner were killed by homicidal violence of an undetermined type. So basically there, there was nothing much left to determine the cause of death. Jesus. Uh, other evidence showed that six bodies, Tanya Carmichael, Nancy Cobbs, Tashana Culver, Crystal Dozier, Kim Smith, and Janice Webb, had bindings or the remains of bindings still around their wrists and ankles when they were found. Uh, Anthony Soule was subsequently charged with all 11 murders and counts for kidnapping and rape for Gladys Wade and Latundra Billups. Anthony Soule died after a terminal illness on February 8, 2021. If there is one ray of light that shines down on the story of this uh, Mount Pleasant neighborhood, 
that in December of 2011, 12205 Imperial Avenue was demolished. Good. A house of horrors no more. Now, I think we touched on it a little bit earlier that there, I mean, this is going on how many years now that there's wanted to turn this into an area, into a park? And I just pulled up a, a Google Maps thing, you know, of the area. Image. And it's worn out grass, you know. Yeah, well, it's the same thing with uh, Dahmer, you yeah. know what I mean? The, the park that they were supposed to build over the apartments, yeah. and they never did. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there are what appears to be 11 trees planted. I don't know how old the picture is. There appears to be 11 trees planted, but they're very, they're like saplings, you know. Yeah. They're not very big. And that could have been the families. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. know. Like, I, I don't know why, but th- this story kind of sits heavy with me, you know what I mean? The story with Ray Sausage, you know, they're they're a, a small business struggling to stay open, you know, after all these years, you know, um, you know, with the owner Ray, you know, just getting out of the military, you know, being African American during the fifties, starting his own business, you for know sure. what I mean? I mean that that's that's and for it to be s- still hanging on after all these years. Yep. I mean, I really want to see this company succeed, you know, especially with, with small businesses going out of going oh, out of, in, out of t- in today's time, yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, they're dropping like flies left and right. If you, it almost seems like if you don't have a niche or like a claim to fame, yeah, there's no, there's not even a chance. Yeah, and for from what I've read about this neighborhood, I mean, yeah, it, it's had its trouble with crime and, and and different things and drugs. You know, it's hit really hard with drugs. But the residents of the Mount Pleasant area are good, hardworking people. You know what I mean? Sure. So you want to see something good come out of this. You want to see the park to remember the victims. You want to see Ray Sausage. You know. Uh, become you know more successful than what they already are you know you want them to become a nationally known brand and i don't know i can't put my finger on it but this story just like you want to see so much good come out of something so horrific you know for what sure. i mean for sure i can i completely understand yeah so that'll do it for this episode uh before we go if you liked what you heard go to apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review And don't forget to become one of our amazing criminals on Patreon or to support us with a one-time contribution with Buy Me a Coffee, visit criminalafpodcast.com backslash support. Links to our merchandise. Go get you some merch. Go get you some merch. (laughs) Links to our merchandise, social support, and more are in the episode description or you can visit criminalafpodcast.com for all of your criminal AF needs. Now signing off from Studio Chloroform. Keep your head on a swivel and take care till next time. Now Now give me our theme music! See ya!